0: The Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.
1: Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew.
0: Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All
1: right, welcome back. It is the Unofficial 40 podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com. And uh, I'm fired up, boys. Uh, I get to talk finally. Uh, I've been looking forward to this all week, actually, especially after the events of yesterday uh, when uh, it was studio madness up here yesterday we did a, a, a not an emergency pod but we did an instant reaction to uh, the news of the big 12 that i'm starting to think wasn't really news um it just uh i don't know it, we've had so much stuff fly, flying around about conspiracy theories and i think we'd love a good conspiracy theory uh so
2: we're coordinating <laughs> Eddie Staples wants us to go on this afternoon.
1: They're flashing hand signals. Josh, I it's thought time. Gang, gang activity was going on in the studio. I wasn't sure to, if a hit was being put on me just to get rid of me finally.
3: I mean, don't rule it out.
0: Well, it, it always to me looks Josh like Eddie to just, just looking off into space. Because I can't see George. I can see Carrie and I can see Eddie. I can't see George off to the side. Well, it's so it's, it's, it's not. Uh, well, you set told up us when Bob's shot.
1: in here, you don't want to see him, and he's sitting in Bob's chair.
0: Well, obviously, and it's it's. I don't want basketball doesn't deserve that kind of credit, so we're not going to give it. And I understand
1: uh, what we're dude, thinking. Dude, they look pretty good. last Three
2: and 2 back to back thirty nine point Josh, victories. They look athletic. I'm with,
3: I'm with Josh.
2: I I'll believe it when I see we're it. We're reallocating the good team. all of the uh, recruiting budget for the Final Four budget uh, because we're going to be at Bottled Blonde Josh, doing. You're not going to be able to live show this
1: year. I'm sorry. I know that it's crushing. Just one less trip to Orlando, Florida.
2: When do you yeah, have to, By I, the way, when do you have to guys, take the kids God. back
1: out there? When's the next uh, Disney trip?
0: Uh-huh. Oh, guys. The next year, Disney trip is about two and a half months away. It is oh, not that no. far off into my horizon. It is a horror co- show that I am not ready for. My cousin
2: and uh, his wife are taking their kids out there next week for like Thanksgiving week.
0: Oh, that's got to be We'll so say a horrific. little prayer for
2: him, Eddie. Lead, lead your congregation. Oh, believe me. I have. And,
0: uh, mm-hmm. That's... Uh, guys... I still cannot say, and I will, and I worry that it's a comparison thing. But Tampa Bay is one of the finest airports in the entire world. And Orlando yes. is a hellhole.
3: Yes, Tampa Bay Airport is underrated. It's so it's so good. Hmm. It really is. What makes a good airport? It's not Just too busy, around yeah. Easy. Not too busy. Yeah, you're in and out. It's easy to get through TSA to the uh, you know, wherever your your flight is. Like with all the
2: horror is. stories that you hear about Hartsfield in Atlanta or O'Hare in Chicago, I've never really gone into either never, of those.
1: I'd, I've never minded Atlanta's airport. I, I mean, haven't either.
2: But I've also it's, probably it's never the left the militant, terminal.
1: It's the most militant baggage check-in. You know procedures like they yell at you in, in Atlanta.
2: Oh yeah, I believe me. I know you, you. You. He I talked back
1: down. to a TSA agent in Atlanta, and I thought he was going to prison.
2: Well, he because he,
1: they made you take out like all your individual batteries. And yeah, everything.
2: it was. It was like I I got and here. I was
1: like this is not going because I know Eddie probably as well as anybody, and I know his triggers. They were hitting every single one of them, and it was a <laughs> and it, it was, was like... a very large, athletic black man uh, with a big, bold voice. So he was in command, and you were doing the screw this, Eddie. It was routine. also like
2: six a.m. Yeah, so and we were on the way back from what I believe was a failed. Bull trip. What do we think Salt Lake City Airport's going to be like? I think it's going to be lovely. I am under the understanding that every person in Utah is as nice as they come.
1: I bet it's like the Louisville Airport kind of. Never been to Louisville. It's a very chill airport. It's like old, like when you go to Omaha. It's like old Oklahoma City's airport, like back in the '80s before all the renovations. It's just very chill.
0: I've never been to Salt Lake City. I've never like traveled through there. I've never flown through it's Just like I've never even had a connecting flight.
2: Should be fun. I'm excited. This is like one of those trips that I am kind of uh, excited about just for the purpose of uh, it's going to be probably if I had to guess my first and last trip to uh, Salt Lake City. So I, I look forward to it. The stadium looks kind of cool. I don't know what to expect on the game day atmosphere being at 10 a.m., but we'll see. Should be pretty good. Although, I told Kerry before we got started, the weather situation is starting to become a little worrisome. Oh, is it? Yeah. I haven't even looked. I've heard that there is slight comparisons to Lawrence. Oh, well, they're they're going to lose. <laughs>
1: But Dylan Gabriel will won't ball, be throwing the football. Will
2: they be able to throw the foot? I don't think it's going to rain that much as it did in uh, Kansas. We also thought that though. Remember, we thought that going to Kansas I know, and, and we then were like pissed on us much. the entire time. Yes, yeah. Although I will say, like, I think Kansas is a much better football team than BYU.
3: Yes. Do you think people
1: in Oklahoma just forget to throw the foot lose the ability to throw the football in rain because every time it rains in Oklahoma, they cancel the game or they because there's always lightning. Yeah. With rain, in well, Oklahoma. at least
2: Oklahoma State had a uh, a couple excuses in Orlando. They had forgotten their equipment with all the towels, and they were down like thirty-five to three at the time.
3: They said Dylan I, Gabriel also grew up in Hawaii. He played in the
2: rain. <laughs> no, didn't you say that they uh, showed that yes. on the uh, Kansas telecast? Yeah, that they like literally asked him before the game. He's like, "It rained every Friday." Yeah, <laughs> like what? I thought that was supposed to be a detriment. No.
0: I can't speak for Hawaii, but I can speak for Houston. It rains here all the damn time, and there are still people that act like they've never seen the rain before. Like there are people that will drive with their hazards on in the rain. I'm like, it's raining. It does this all the time. Calm down. Dallas is it's, where you don't want to be when it rains, cultural.
1: because people in pick tr- pickup trucks just drive like maniacs in the rain. By the way, I yeah, Scott Wright told I mean. me from the Oklahoman that Oklahoma State did take their rain
2: gear. They just left it on the truck. Oh, well, they just had to go out and get it.
1: Yeah, they, they were running back and forth to get towels. I and bet things. that sucked.
2: Yeah. Because that's like quite an operation to bring everything in off the truck.
1: Because uh, Rex was like taking shots at Chris Budden. on. The yeah, I, I did see that. I did see that.
0: <laughs> uh, Do you
1: uh, think Chief's
2: Gundy was
0: just like, leave them on the truck. We need some excuse for this shit show that we're putting on the field right now. Like We, we, we can blame it on the towels and wetness. I mean, they lost that game before it ever started.
1: And I didn't even. It, it,
0: it was seventeen nothing before you looked up. I
1: I, I want to get into you just got run over. Like what? Some and, and look, they've got to go to Houston next. I mean, if they're if they're this bad and banged up, they're going to have a tough time in Houston. So I, I I I don't feel. I think OU fans should have a little bit of hope
2: with the with the early kickoff on Saturday. It is a hate watchers dream because you can get done with the OU game. Hopefully, they would take care of business, and then you can watch OSU at three. And then the really interesting game Saturday night up in Ames uh, with uh, the what's the kid's name that's running his mouth up there? At, oh, yeah, the, offensive the Iowa lineman. State offensive lineman. Be careful what you wish for. You're oh. going to have to see Devondre sweat for probably 65 plays on Saturday <laughs> night. If there's any but if there's any position on that
0: roster that should not be running their mouth, it's Iowa State's offensive line. That Texas D <laughs> line is legitimate.
2: I think that uh, Devondre Sweat and uh, uh, God, what's the other uh, defensive Collins, line?
0: Byron Murphy, Byron mm-hmm. Murphy.
2: They're the two highest rated yep. interior defensive tackles in the country on PFF right now, and this guy's acting like it's just going to be a no, a, no, no thing for them. By the way, we're going to talk a lot more about
1: uh, conference matchups and uh, the playoff tiebreakers. It is time for your Enjoy uh, Fresh Perspective look around. And uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about. Joe Castiglione and the other athletic directors were on a call this morning already. Uh, They've been given the news about what's going to happen. George is going to update us on exactly what that is. Uh, But I'm sure Josie probably wondered if he has great vision because he didn't see that blindside coming from the conference.
2: Maybe he does, though, and maybe that's why he was able to uh, navigate it as well as Oklahoma has here over the last 24 hours. You know, if I would have been able to go back in time, I would have been able to see something coming along in Utah, and I would have told Elizabeth Smart to get out of there. All because of Enjoy Vision, which is the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City, and it's not even close. The combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eye surgeons, and exceptional patient care was life-changing for me. What they're doing for the unofficial 40 listener is they're giving $400 off of LASIK. All you got to do is go to enjoywithme.com. That is the letter N, J-O-Y, withme.com. Use promo code U40 for $400 off LASIK with my good friends, Enjoy Vision. This is where you LASIK.
1: So, are you saying the abductors had good vision?
2: They might have. Better vision than she did? Better vision than JonBenet Ramsey's parents.
3: Jesus Christ. (laughs) And
1: rest in peace. We have to get this on YouTube. Rest in peace to those
2: people. I think they're both dead now.
1: Uh, The parents are?
2: Yeah. But the brother is not who probably did it if you look at. I Court agree. Records.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, we love conspiracies around here. That's I mean. why
2: I was going with that. It was just a conspiracy uh, Wednesday.
1: And look, the I appreciate the shouts out on the uh, instant reaction yesterday. I, I first off, should we we have to talk about why I was there in the first place uh, at the press conference yesterday? I am. Uh, and it was a nightmare situation because... It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare for you, but it was a nightmare for me as well because I had gotten up that day and, like, I have, like, seven... I know we're not on a camera. I have, like, seven of these blue shirts. I wear them all the time. It's like a uniform almost. And I was like, I want a different color today. And I had a red shirt. And I was like, oh, I'm going to wear the red shirt today because I'm just going to the office and no one will see me except the guys. And then I get a phone call from Eddie. Uh, well, first he told us in the text group... I'm stuck in the elevator. And see, what we do is he beams everything back over to the studios, and then I get it up real fast. So I was headed to the office to get all our streaming stuff set up. And then when I find out he's stuck in the elevator, I'm like, well, I can't go there. I might as well just go over, see if I can do anything to help, which I I knew I I wasn't going to be climbing down an elevator shaft to rescue you or anything. Luckily, I was... Physically capable of doing such things. Yeah,
2: luckily, I was in the first floor, or I never left the first floor. It was... A terrifying experience and I was trapped in there for 15 minutes. I didn't know what to do. Uh, And it just magically started working? Well, I called the company. Uh So I had to use the phone inside the elevator shaft or the door or whatever. Uh, Is it called an elevator car? I was calling it a car this morning. Is is that what that thing's called?
3: Uh, Or is it just
2: the elevator? Hold on. The elevator room? I think it's elevator car. I don't know. Car sounds right. Anyways, I was, I got in, I was going up to the Brent Venables press conference, and this should be a lesson for uh, aspiring journalists that listen to this program, that you need to show up to places early. So in case something like this (laughs) happens, uh, you can kind of navigate the waters that are. Uh, But, so I was looking at my phone and I noticed like- a cab, by the way. A cab. I knew it started with a C. And I ruled out the other four-letter word that ends with a U and a T. It just- See, Move you. on. Move on. <laughs> uh, I noticed that the, the cab wasn't moving and uh, the doors it freaked me out. Shut. But the doors had shut and there was like this little slither of light that I could like put my fingers through and I tried to pull the door back and it wasn't moving and then uh, I called George and they got everybody on it and I don't know what happened. We could hear him yelling. Like we well, were, we were listening when we I was on the
1: phone with you, you were just pushing the emergency button. Yeah, I just kept pushing. It. Well, but again.
2: the other emergency button that has like a little firefighter's hat on it, it was not like Calling I couldn't push it in. Yeah, it wasn't doing anything. I really wanted the fire department to have to show up. That would have been awesome. Do we need I to know.
1: launch a lawsuit for emotional distress?
2: I've been told not to speak about it, and we're looking at our options. Okay. <laughs>
1: But you made it out actually in time to set yeah. up and do oh, the press Oh, yeah, so then everything. it takes
2: me onto the fourth floor and the press conference is down on the third floor and I couldn't, like, I try, I got out of the elevator. I was like, get me out of this one. So I kept pushing the button and it kept reopening <laughs> so I couldn't get into the other ones. So I had to take the stairs down uh, there in the Eastside Suites and the as I'm, like, coming down and I have the court with me, and the cart just tipped over; everything went everywhere. Oh my god! It was a big do to do. But I did get set up before Brent Venable started, and uh, yeah.
1: I actually rode up in the elevator with Brent. Was- I'm glad you
2: guys didn't get stuck.
1: I, yeah, it was that would have been elevator. But that w- but I wanted to be in the elevator with Brent because I'm like, if this thing gets stuck, at least I'm at least they can't start the press conference until we. I told there. Eddie
3: if he would have got stuck with Brent, he should have just done the entire press conference with Brent in there
2: and say what I was my idea. uh, I would have asked questions as each reporter. (laughs) (laughs) Would you have done voices? Uh, I think there's one that we could do. (sighs) Tell me about BYU's Mm. defense. You can guess who that is. Kerry's going to get a call.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not answering. I know that number.
2: No, we've (laughs) patched it up. We're good. I he, think that would have been really funny, though. the
1: only person in my phone that...
2: Just don't answer? I
1: don't have him in my phone, but...
2: <laughs> but you I know the number?
1: But I know the yeah. number because he's called so many times <laughs> yeah. to complain about things. That's
2: perfect. Uh,
1: so you did make it to the press conference. I did make
2: it to the press conference, and uh, I thought the it was kind of funny because the press conference, it started, and, and Brent started out by saying, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to go into questions, and uh-huh. then he rambled on for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny.
1: Well, and it was it was interesting because like, you know Mike Halk just decided, okay, we're just going to go down the first row here.
2: Yeah, but he went opposite of what he usually does.
1: George was the last the last person on
2: mm-hmm. on that row. Usually, um, he starts on the left side if you're looking at the podium. Uh-huh. That yesterday or yeah, yesterday he started on the right side, and uh, I they're understand try, like they're Garin's trying to squeeze question. me. Out. They're trying to squeeze me. You out? think that's what it is? Yeah, interesting.
1: We have too many conspiracy theories going now. There's just, there's way too many.
2: I
3: actually don't believe
2: in any of the conspiracy theories. You don't believe in the referees? No. I don't, I I put this on the board. I don't think that there's like a mandate or anything that has been said like, hey, screw these teams over because they're leaving. I don't think that that's even a thing.
1: But But here's the thing though. they are human
2: and they are missing a lot of calls.
1: And here's the thing. The fans aren't going to see it that way. They believe that there's a conspiracy. I mean, when you're chanting SEC in the middle of the game, that was for the refs. I mean, that was them saying, "We know that you know that we know that you know."
2: I told you on Saturday it, night. I that the guy, the white hat that does that did the West Virginia game. His crew usually his crew. does a yeah. really good job. I love his
1: crew always. And really, I think him look, and the
2: young guy both do a pretty good job.
1: But. Outside of a, you know, there were a couple of PIs that were called that I didn't think were PIs, but like the Drake Stoops thing wasn't a mis-targeting or anything. No, that was they, a legitimate hit, and they
2: they got the uh, the Robert Spears Jenny thing that went into review. That yeah. wasn't a targeting, but they they handled it correctly, right? But there is a lot of a lot of evidence out there that would tell you that OU hasn't been the beneficiary of a lot of calls this year. And
1: people think about the Drake well, Stoops bedlam play yeah. in the end zone. That's the one that started all this.
0: Yeah, and, and that's a horrible call. It's 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 as bad a non-Pi call as there when possibly you, could be.
1: When you watch Oklahoma State and Central Florida play, and the exact same play happened, but not nearly as egregious, and it was called a penalty.
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, in the first quarter, like it was scripted. Terry McCauley, oh is God. it Terry McCauley, uh The NBC ref. We talked about it. He put out the statement on like kind of what happened. It was just laziness. Right, yeah, laziness, and they, they missed were the out call. of position. Yeah,
1: and they should have been well, hustling th- to better positions.
2: But in that moment,
0: and didn't he say that he thought the Big Twelve has put that into some of their mecha- like some of that was he thought maybe almost by design?
3: Yeah, they. I thought he
0: said something like that was. Yeah, it was it, not all of it, but like some of it was they are doing it this way for some reason.
2: They've messed with the mechanics of like where the side judge needs to be and where the back judge needs to be, and they were just simply out of position for the play but yeah but but even with that said the point
1: being i get where the fans are coming from sure and i don't blame them i'm not like oh you're like we're never gonna tell fans you know oh you're being stupid for thinking there's a no you have every right to believe that after some of the shit that you've seen
2: i think it's also one of those things that big
1: 12 needs to realize that too
2: it's a little bit like uh like telephone and i think that people throw it out there and then they read it and then it gets retweeted or posted on Facebook mm-hmm. and then there's evidence that chamber. supports it yeah and then it all well, of a sudden becomes like a real thing
3: headlines and certain stories that cause a stir i mean it's just ridiculousness and i i don't blame the fans either i would if if i was a fan i mean my
2: dad he he buys the conspiracy theory i i get it well i mean i think that both can be true that it's not a conspiracy and they're also getting shit calls,
3: yeah, and it's I would also say that it's an incompetent conference
1: it really is I mean to have those rules sit in as poorly written as they were, I mean the one thing about you know moving on you know if all teams haven't played each other that was so convoluted a sentence, it didn't make a lot of sense, but everybody just using their brains are like okay this is I think this is what it means, and we all thought, okay if three teams are tied and they don't all have a you know they haven't all played each other you move on to the next set of criteria and there was an entire website built for that and it was cool it is back up yeah it's back
3: it? up yeah with the correct tiebreaker rules nice. which by the way we we haven't gotten the statement yet from the Big 12 that should come at some point today but they are going to basically say that uh the the rule was written wrong basically and that they are clarifying it uh, to that's not say, clarifying. That's that's. We're
1: I know. Changing,
3: but it. that is what they're going to say
2: is that they're clarifying it. I'm sure that is uh, something that is being handled by a lawyer team that says don't use the word rule change. Use I can the tell you this clarify. is what the I'll tell fired, you.
1: Fired. We just parted ways.
2: Yeah. This is what
3: I'll tell you too. From the Big Twelve meeting with the athletic directors today, Kansas State was not happy with what happened. They uh, shouldn't be. And no one really backed them up. Uh, on it and the big 12 basically said the intent of the rule was always to value head to head over everything else but that it wasn't written in a clear and precise way and so that's
2: what they're correcting i think if everybody's being honest though that we would all agree that they got it right at the end of the day i mean i don't know that they did because how they how how do do you you, not value you got beat
1: how do you not put the value on the fact that Kansas State went to Austin and played them, and it went to overtime. And Oklahoma State, if they had to go to Austin and play, they might not even be in this tiebreaker because they sure as hell didn't look any good against UCF. But, I that's, mean,
2: but they did beat Kansas State and Texas. But that's I mean, yeah, why Kansas State Oklahoma. and Oklahoma. Yeah, but right. that,
3: that's why this falls they on— They also
1: got beat 45-3 to to UCF a week ago.
3: When the Big 12 added these four teams, the way that they set up the scheduling was— probably the incorrect way to do it.
1: Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. The, the, at the highest level of college football, the people who play for the championships are evaluated as a whole on their season, the entire resume of their season. Why aren't we doing that at the conference level? Why do you not look at a team's entire resume, just not, oh, they beat this team. You can't, you can't determine who is the best team by comparative scores. We all know this. There are certain games that don't make any sense. That why people win or lose them. It doesn't make sense why OU lost to Kansas. I mean, if are watching them against West Virginia,
2: by that standard, we should. I I think everybody agrees that the 12 team playoff is the way to go. Like here's you are in a playoff. Here's my in point the, yeah. in league play. Here's my point. The criteria
1: of of tiebreakers, the way it's set up now, places the value the highest value that you have is to lose to the worst team. If you lose to the worst team, but you beat a better team, you should be punished for that. That's how you, that's how the college football playoff rankings committee looks at it. They say, yeah, Oklahoma, you beat Texas, but you also lost to
3: Kansas. I think what, and what you're saying is, is true because at the end of the day, Let's say all these teams went out. If you looked at it from an objective perspective, who would you say are the two best teams in the Big Twelve? If OU wins out, Texas wins out, OSU, Kansas State wins out, who would you say those are the two best teams in the conference? I mean, but it's you a can't, toss
1: up to me between Oklahoma and Kansas. You State, can't erase
3: OU getting beat, but it's in OSU that gets in. I know, right. I know. If no, I OSU agree, Eddie. I agree. But would you, if OU and OSU played again tomorrow, who would you pick? I to think win OU that game? wins probably seven out of times out of ten but they didn't they did it but i know but that's what carries Argue. i'm not saying i know, saying it's I know what you saying what, either way
1: but
2: you can't erase like the you're just
1: not you're just not giving it any credence you know what i'm saying just,
2: i know what you're saying but at the same time they had an opportunity they f- that up florida state they're undefeated
1: <laughs> i don't i just said that that's
2: they're undefeated <laughs> i i get what you're saying but that's like rewriting Every year in league play. But Oklahoma State's two biggest wins beat. are
1: also on their home field.
2: Now, that's true. They got the benefit of the schedule, though. Yeah. but they don't have a, to play Texas. Don't turn the ball over. You had ample opportunities don't to Don't get beat O'SHU. by UCF 45-3 to if you want to play
1: in
3: a championship game. I agree with both of you. I think it's a valid I, point. I, I see what Karen's you're saying. Part. I just, like, oh, you should saying, be punished. We they have, got beat. We have... Don't get beat in Lawrence. We have Don't lose by 45 to UCF. I mean, it's the same... You could have the <laughs> like same is there. argument. So
2: are you saying, like, there's a a, a barrier of, like, don't get beat by 14?
1: Well, there's... I mean, the, the College Football Ranking Committee, I mean... But, I
2: think they're idiots, too, though. But, like, I mean, I, I game control, like, we
1: never heard that phrase until, like, five years ago. Yeah. When game control, and you you hear it, and you're like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like, when you're trying to decide who's the best, like... Now, Oklahoma State has pretty good game control, I'm pretty sure, if you go back and look at it outside of that UCF game. Uh, Oklahoma, I, I they think really he, probably don't have good game
2: control. I think it goes back to the idea, though, that that's why divisions made so much sense. Exactly. When you're division, that you earned the right to go play in the championship
3: yeah. game. That is my point, and again, why when they added these teams, they did it the wrong way in terms of scheduling. They should have yeah. had divisions or pods or something else. So when you get to the end of the season season,
1: and you get to tiebreakers, it all makes sense.
3: Yeah, correct. And that's what they should do going forward when they add the other four teams that they're adding. And we're talking about this. But look
0: at the Big Ten West. The Big Twin West nukes the whole division conversation. Well, because the SEC has so three West teams that are insane. seven miles better than sure. everybody else, and then the Big Ten West is going to throw out a lamb to slaughter in the Big Ten championship. That's game. fair, sure. but do you still have, but year. you
3: still have the best team winning the conference every single year in that conference. You have a structured because Ohio State and Michigan have to play each other every year.
0: Yeah. It de- it just defeats the whole point of the championship game. Just say these are, this is the champion. Then, like
3: I agree, it doesn't matter who won the other division. I think championship games, especially with the college football playoff, the championship game is going to be pretty mute. It will be. It will be. And yeah, I think
2: that, like, you get – go ahead, Josh.
3: I was going to say my question because there's been a
0: lot of talk that like, and and I hate it. Like I'm I'm a huge big 12 uh, team playoff. I, I I love that. I think it's a great idea. It's a great way to settle it. At the same time, there's a lot of people that argue, oh, it's it's killing the regular season. It limits that importance. Do you think that this almost mitigates some of that? Like this balances the scales a little bit? Because we're going to have these conversations about who's in the Big 12 championship game or who's in the SEC championship game because there's not just a, well, they won the division and that's all there is.
2: I think it limits the interest from people that, held themselves before the year that they can win a national championship and really can't win a national championship, if that makes sense. I'm thinking of like the maybe some of the G5 schools, but I'm thinking more specifically like the big power five teams that like we can expand this playoff as much as we want. It's going to be the same teams year after year after year.
1: And you know what, Eddie? Everybody loves, I mean, that's one of the best things about college football. Everybody feels like they have a shot at winning, even though they don't. I can tell you, I have a guarantee win for everybody, everybody listening. And that's because our friends at Dead Soxie are running an incredible fall sale that's exclusive to Scoopers and Unofficial 40 listeners. It's their Unofficial 40 sale, and you're going to win because you get 40% off for the next week. You're not going to find a better sale anywhere on their site. The, the entire rest of the year, you're just not. You'd have to spend $250 or more to tier up to this discount. But as followers of the site, as listeners to the pod, you get this incredible discount on every order at deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Use that promo code SCOOP at checkout. You're going to get 40% off the best socks you'll ever own. Look, it's not winning a national championship, but It's close. Uh, we love dead Soxie dot com. If you don't know, or you don't own, go use this discount. Now use that promo code scoop at checkout for 40% off. And as always
0: stay Soxie. 100%. What, but uh, you're giving somebody like UCF doesn't get to claim that, that national title. And because like they went out and got splattered by Alabama, which we all know is what would have happened. Um, you you get to resolve it. You don't have to have that conversation because I agree completely, Eddie. Until somebody steps up, everybody's chasing Georgia and Alabama. Like, And people love to lump Ohio State in there. What has Ohio State done other than recruit really well yeah. to make you think they are part of that conversation?
2: It's even more funny this year that there is so much, you know, I guess, quote-unquote parody within the uh, college football world. I think the winner of the Georgia-Alabama game is going to win the national championship. And I, I like it, it. I just can't go keep going back to this idea that I still don't know how good Michigan is. Penn State's awful, offensively at least.
1: They're bad, yeah. Well, they just fight back Yursich, so.
2: I do think uh, Oregon's interesting if they could slide uh, in with how well the Bo Nix want, is like, playing. I could see them, and I think mm-hmm. if they played Washington and Las Vegas in the Pac-12 Championship, I don't know what that line would be. I love Oregon though. I think Washington's getting beat this weekend, though. the The projection stuff has Oregon at like six and
0: a half or seven over Washington in that game. So that'd that, be about that right. Be, yeah, that'd be interesting. I I think I would bet Oregon in that in that situation. I think they might pace Washington pretty good. Not you know, I mean, ten, twelve. Like I I think they're just so much more well rounded
2: yeah. than Washington oh, you, is.
0: And I know they beat them. That that's fine.
2: You can kick a team's ass and win by twelve.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they're they're one of the few teams that can match up physically to pretty close degree with Georgia and Alabama. I'm not saying they can really do it, but they they can play enough. And I would say over either of those teams, they have the advantage at quarterback. So that can balance that scale a little bit. And I, I so I think that's interesting. Michigan, I'm with you guys. Like uh, JJ McCarthy's got to go to a level I've never seen him go to.
1: Well, and. It was a it was a bad barometer last week because they were just trying to run the ball and get out of there.
2: I mean, without Jim Harbaugh, I mean, I don't know if there's a bigger indictment of a football team than Michigan just running the ball. Basically, what you said, Kerry, just literally running the clock out. Yeah, and not even caring if they gave the ball back to Penn State because they knew they weren't going to move the football. And maybe that speaks to how good Michigan is defensively as well.
1: Franklin has a huge buyout,
2: doesn't he? $60 million.
1: Jeez.
0: Yep. I mean, it's... Harry, has it, we haven't heard your Jimbo thoughts. We've we got to hear some Jimbo talk here. I was talking to...
2: Jimbo and Dabo.
1: I was talking to somebody today in athletics, and uh, I jokingly brought it up to them. Um, and it was almost like... It was like us being pissed off that somebody else in our business had screwed up or made us all look bad. Like it's across athletics. It's just a shot that is heard around the world. Like every college administrator cannot believe that, that we're in this position where you can, and they believe it's going to be way over a hundred million that's going to end up being paid just to get rid of the staff because of assistance and all that. Like, It's not just Jimbo's buyout. It's everybody else's that they got to get rid of and pay for too because they had some long-term assistant contracts up there. Um, But, I mean, it's worrisome, I think, for all of college football. I mean, Michigan State, they're going to be on the hook for – I mean, I know they're trying to say it was for cause, but they're going to get in a bunch of lawsuits, and they're going to end up paying
2: tens of millions of dollars to get out of that deal. So It's amazing that this ended – exactly how everybody thought it was going to end
1: i mean here was the here was the the athletic directors of the country they're sitting there saying we could have built an entire athletics facility for what they're doing (laughs) like that's i mean most what was it somebody has like a new 80 million dollar thing it's a big program i can't remember who it was and they were showing it off before a game a facility Florida, yeah, Florida, I think it's Florida. Has, yeah, like and it was like sixty million, and it looked like a Taj Mahal. Like, they—I mean, oh, you could have built their new football facilities almost for what the what A and M is paying. That I mean, the fact that the guy wrote the check during that game and gave him that one hundred sixty-eight million dollar check, like you just know that that was the buyout money. It's amazing.
2: It's also amazing too that Josh, I think you were saying this like. Back when they hired Jimbo, when you look at the Florida State program, like those people were—I don't know about necessarily happy to see him go—but I saw Ira Schoffel, uh tweeted something out this morning, going back to uh, Jimbo Fisher's last season. They got beat by Boston College, thirty-five to three. They had five five stars, five four stars, and a three star starting on the defensive side of the football, and they gave up thirty-five points in that game to Boston College.
0: Yeah, guys, I mean, do you, I remember where I was when you started hearing those rumors like Jimbo to A&M and I remember thinking like there's no way A&M could pull him away from Florida State, but then you would talk to people around FSU and it was like, no, nah, he can go. Like the, n- nobody's he just stopped recruiting. And what's crazy is it feels like that's the one thing he did do at A&M. Like it's almost like he overcorrected. You know, like, "Oh, I'm I'm going to recruit my ass off and just be a wildly mediocre coordinator and that's going to be enough and i i mean they had some bad breaks i mean you wonder if Connor wigman stays healthy this year where they're at a little bit um there was some stuff that was beyond his control but he lived so much off that 2020 year and guys you look at it from from oklahoma playing good defense to any of a hundred other things That year is just an unbelievable outlier. There are so many things in that year that don't make sense in any other
2: way. It was a crapshoot with how just college football was thrown together. I mean, you look back and they were basically a month away from not playing the entire sport.
1: I think, you know, and here's the other thing I think is, um, you know, college football right now, they allowed this to happen with Jimbo and they're allowing it to happen to other places. People are allowing their boosters – to override their athletic departments and get themselves so upside down on these contracts. I mean, Lincoln Riley, you think USC would like to get back some of their $100 million? That's not
2: going so well. If USC knew everything that they knew now, you think they would have still courted him? Like you said it the other day, like they were if, desperate. If you mean that morning? Yeah, that morning. <laughs> that, the, the early court. morning yeah, yeah. hours yeah. after Bedlam. Yeah, that early morning. They were desperate. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They were desperate. And that's usually when when those decisions are made. Yeah, Yeah. sure.
1: I mean, that's why A&M made that decision. I mean, you look at the resume and everybody's looking at it in hindsight now, but Jimbo Fisher was never worth that much money.
2: No. There's one guy that is.
1: Nick Saban. Yeah. And Kirby Smart's the only thing that's... Kirby is, yeah. Kirby Smart's the only offshoot of Saban that's worked to the, the level that Saban does.
2: Kirby's great, but... There's a part of me that feels like with that roster, you would have to really be an idiot. And He helped put it together. I was going right? to like say, he he's... helped put the roster together. Uh, what do you guys think of Teddy? Did you guys see
3: Teddy's uh, on, on the Oklahoma breakdown so that he thought a was going to hire Lincoln?
2: I don't think it's crazy. And knowing what we know about Lincoln, I, I will... anything can be ruled out. I'll say this. Nothing everything that out, Lincoln
1: I mean. is saying right now are all the things he was saying yep. about Oklahoma
2: before he jumped ship.
1: It is... Scary how similar his talking points are right now.
2: I also thought Dion's thing yesterday was like, oh, he's going. He's gone. <laughs> like, you don't put that out. Yeah. Him and Dan Lanning could have been further apart. I was going to say, Dan Lanning's
3: they, the only one that I believe right now. Yeah. Where he was like, I'm not leaving.
0: He left no wiggle room. And yeah. That, that wasn't, I'm not going to LSU. That's, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm here. Think, uh, about, think about
1: this, guys, Josh. I mean, with Oregon and I, Lanning... I, I,
0: like, mm-hmm. that's Oregon's
1: one of those places where people don't mess with you if you're a head coach. Alabama doesn't mess with you. Georgia doesn't mess with you. A&M messes with you. Texas messes with you. I think Oklahoma's a place where they don't mess with you if you're a head coach, as long as yep. you're winning.
0: And it's not coincidental that these places that have this sustained success... Ohio State's the same way. They have a, like... it. <laughs> they have an idea we're going to get the right guy here and we're going to let him do what he does. Like instead of we've got 27 cooks in the kitchen, all these money guys want their say. And I mean, I'm not saying that, that boosters at all these big schools. I mean, it's Oregon. We, we know who is running a lot of the decisions that get made over there. We, we get that, but he clearly is a guy that it says, I'm going to give you what you need to win. And you guys do what you got to do and, and kind of go from there. So, it, that's fine like it's it's not unlike you know uh, T Boone at Oklahoma State he put Mike Gundy in a good situation to win and they've taken advantage of it so i like i said the these schools i don't understand how they can't figure out you can keep cycling through as many coaches as you want to at some point the problem's you it's not it's not the coach i mean Jimbo Fisher can coach Kevin Sumlin can coach like that that's not it's not an accident that these guys keep running into a wall and people keep saying oh it's a top five job yes it's got a lot of money and it's really close to a great recruiting areas like I, I get that those things add up but that's always been true why why for forty years has a And M been irrelevant like you can't just keep ignoring that and act like there's not other problems that they've got to figure out
1: yeah I, I I threw this out there and I think you you had the same thought the other morning like. Dabo Sweeney'd be a great fit for Texas A&M.
2: The most perfect fit that I think like douchebag, douchebag fan base. <laughs> it just, it's, it's kind of perfect the way that that like, would I come together. And like with the unrest in Clemson right now, yeah. I could see it. I could definitely buy that. Like if I'm am a and I think Mike Elko makes a lot of sense. Supposedly there's rumors out there. Josh, maybe you've heard about this. Uh, he didn't really enjoy his time in College Station is kind of what I was told. So I don't know if, like, I think the, the logical thing is is that makes a lot of sense. He did really well over there. He's done extremely well at Duke. I mean, they've become at least something in the college football world. But I don't know. Well, you
1: remember when Brent, you know, when OU was going through his coaching search. Josh, I think you and I, maybe it was you and me, Eddie. We kept hearing Dabo's name. Yeah. With OU, and I couldn't. That was a real out, thing. I, I know it's a joke, but it was a real thing. It kept coming up, and it was so bizarre. But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe when Joe C. is out at OU, he will tell us. You know, if there was really any truth to that. But I, the fact that it ended up being Brent, I just wonder if at first it wasn't Dabo. Like if it started there or his agent reaching out. Or whatever. Is he a Sexton guy? I think he is. I mean,
2: I I guess it's nowadays with college football coaches, especially head coaches, you just kind of single him out. He's not a Jimmy Sexton guy.
1: Well, Kevin Sumlin told me one time, Jimmy Sexton is your agent until you get the job you want because then he just becomes a guy that pisses off your administration all the time. But if – so I don't know. If if Dabo – you need to look it up and see – but if Sexton is his agent, he's in play.
2: I don't know. I don't that, know where this is. Where this would be?
0: I mean, y- you talk about a, it like a two two groups that would just lock in the fan base and Dabo. That would just be like a brick wall of you can't tell us shit. We are who we are. We don't care what you say about anything like that. Because they can both make themselves believe anything they want to, um, and I, I think Dabo could have success at in him, but he's got to change his is you're not going to compete in the SEC ignoring the transfer portal like that sure. that I uh, Kirby Smarts in, in the transfer portal, and Kirby Smart's got the best roster, you know, one of the better rosters we've seen constructed ever.
2: There's definitely a mirror that needs to be put in Dabo in front of him. He's he has created a lot of his own problems. Yeah. Cuz
0: he takes these hardline stances. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. Leave it open, man. Just just let let's see. Like cuz again, like do we feel like Mike Norvell has a poor culture at Florida State because he's taken on transfers? No. Like that's a that's a good football team that's fought through some tough stuff, fought through injuries, um yeah, hell, Keon Coleman, the big star transfer, is is playing through injury right now. Like you're gonna call him like oh he's he doesn't care about the team. No, man, he's trying to win.
2: Yeah. This is this must be BYU week. <laughs> we haven't talked about OU. Yeah. Seriously. Well, you guys want to talk uh, about
3: uh Labby being mentioned for the Mississippi State job? Because I um no longer buy that he's a serious candidate there.
1: By the I, way, what about the Liberty coach? Oh, Jamie Chadwell
2: yeah. tweeting from Starkville. Was that, that was real?
1: Was that real? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, the only thing that I do know is the Jim Harbaugh AI was fantastic. And it was, but even, I didn't even know what part was real and which was AI. Yeah. Even the real part was bizarre to me.
2: AI's really taken over.
1: Uh, I tell you what. One thing about Mississippi is it's close to Louisiana, where they have shrimp. Uh, dot Geography lesson. PrimeShrimp.com. Go check them out. (laughs) Uh, Great sponsor of the pod. And uh, if you use that promo code U40, you're going to get 25% off of any order $50 or more. Uh, That's five packages of shrimp. You can make that New Orleans-style barbecue. You can make it Signature Cajun. You can make it French Quarter Alfredo. Get yourself some... uh, uh, pasta with that, lemon and cracked pepper uh, if you just want a nice uh, clean dinner and restaurant quality. Shut up, computer. Uh, you you, uh, you just take it out, put it in boiling water less than 10 minutes, you got a restaurant quality meal. No muss, no fuss, no uh, DoorDash or Grubhub delivery fees, Uber Eats, all that stuff. Uh, give them a call. Uh, go to their website, primeshrimp.com uh, P-R-I-M-E, shrimp.com Use that promo code U40 and get 25% off your order of $50 or more. Well, and Brent was asked about assistance uh, at his press conference yesterday, George. Um, And, you know, I don't think anything really revealing
3: there. Um, Well, I mean, he definitely said, don't just take a job to take a job. Which
1: he would give that advice.
3: Right. And I'm not saying that it's read between the lines, but... I don't think Mississippi State is the job that you just jump for um necessarily I I don't know working with Zach Selman maybe but uh, I just don't if, think he's a, if, if from Zach, what I'm hearing if Zach he wasn't
2: at or uh, Mississippi State as the athletic director I don't think there would have been any dots even connected like his name was associated with Mississippi State maybe because of his experience in the state of Mississippi with uh you know his year- at-old miss mm-hmm I don't think that that Jeff Levy's name would have even have come up. Is that? No. I also
3: just, I just get the sense that Jeff is still a year away or so from being a serious candidate for some of these power five jobs. Now, if the Liberty job comes open, it wouldn't shock me if he's a candidate there. Uh, but I don't think he's like, like some of these, like somebody said, I saw him on a list for a and M. i A&M. I'm like, that's not, that's not real. That's not happening. Um, You know, Arkansas, I I don't think uh, if that comes open. But anyways. there,
1: There were questions about Lincoln Riley, you know, taking over the job like he did because, you know, he had Mike Stoops here, so that made it easier to hand him over the reins. But look at him now, man. I mean, he's as successful as you could be offensively, and he's still not a great head coach.
2: No, he doesn't know how to run a program.
1: No. He knows how to call an offense. He's been a coordinator. I mean, Brent hasn't proven anything yet. No. I mean, it looks better. Yeah. Uh, it's going in the right direction. Yeah, but
2: there's still but things But can he like, get yeah. Oklahoma
1: to Alabama and Georgia's level? Sure. That's the question that sure. has to be answered.
2: 100%.
1: But, Jeff Levy hasn't achieved anything near those two when it comes to just being a coordinator.
3: I would also say that, and I don't want to rehash this, but the Bryles thing that happened earlier this year will not do him any favors in these, these conversations. No, it, it just won't.
0: No. I, how much do you think that hurt him this year, George? Like, I think that has like it, it was something that the farther he gets away from anything like that and from the Baylor period, like he just gets to kind it, it. It gets easier and easier to kind of you know for that introductory press conference isn't quite as hot. But Correct with this happening this season that just feels like a gigantic issue. And considering Zach Selman and his you know connection to Oklahoma. That only makes that more relevant for the Mississippi State conversation, in my opinion.
3: And he was, Selman was in on those interviews. I mean, he was a part of the process of hiring not only Brent, but Brent's entire staff. So uh, he knows that whole situation well. I just also think that he's just, with the Bryles stuff, with the inconsistency of OU's offense, like, I just think he's still a year or two away from being a real candidate for some of the big jobs. and
1: Well, and that's where Jeff runs into an issue is because Zach's a young athletic director, first-time athletic director. He's He, he can hire somebody and, and they can fail, but you can't take a chance on someone with potential issues in their background and have them fail.
3: Correct. And that's why, I mean, this one's... I, I didn't realize Zach's only, what, 38, 37? Yeah, I think so. And this is a big hire for him it's because... A very, it's a very young age. Because, uh because I'm 36. I do think he is um you know maybe the predecessor to josie sure when Josie yeah. and so you know he's got to go make a good hire here so that he can continue to be you know a potential candidate for that down the line so I don't know I I think uh again Jeff's name is gonna continue to pop up because it's just easy to connect dots but I don't think he's he's leaving I think there's also a commitment from him to wanting to see through the Jackson Arnold stuff. Uh, I also think there's a lot of people out there that want to see how does Jackson Arnold perform under Jeff Lebby because that is his guy. I mean that is his, you know, uh, quote unquote, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, whatever. To like Lincoln Riley was like he, he needs to have the offense churning with Jackson Arnold.
1: I let me ask you something that was restarted yesterday, and I'm asking this because. I really like the kid. I mean, I, I, he's been one of my favorite guys to cover as a quarterback at Oklahoma. But how would you guys feel if Dylan Gabriel went somewhere else after this year?
2: Like left Oklahoma and Not, didn't go to the NFL? Right. Or tried to play professionally? Like maybe
1: he got a great NIL deal somewhere and he realized, oh, I'm, I'm going to make a million this year and then I'll try the NFL.
2: Like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him, but I kind of get the, I, I would be really shocked. I get the feeling that he's ready to move on from college. I, I mean, and, I wrote... If yeah, it doesn't work out, it but doesn't I'm saying, work out. he's got
1: an agent. Yeah. I mean, he's going to field some offers. There's going to be people that call saying, hey, I mean, it happened to Tanner Mordecai. Sure. But, I, I mean, SMU literally told him, go find someone else to play because we're going to... We, we got this five-star behind you. We want to get his career going.
3: As much as Brent yesterday said that he was like, I don't know... I think there is an understanding he's leaving. I think right. Dylan had a conversation. I wrote about this the UCF week. He had a conversation with his dad. This is it. He wants to play in the NFL. He came into this year saying, this is my year to put myself in a position to where I can get drafted and have a have a chance. So I don't think that's changed And the way he's played this year, I think he will. Well, yeah. He has it is a chance. I
1: think we said, I can't remember. I think I was talking to Gabe Eichert about this, and he was like, look, The Texas game is huge for Dylan Gabriel because if he goes out and plays well and wins it, he's probably moved himself up to a fourth-round draft pick potentially. Now, he might have fallen a little bit since then. I mean, um, but if he wants a chance at the NFL and believes he can play in the NFL, there is no better time to go than now after this season, even if it's not what fans feel like is a Baker Mayfield or a Kyler Murray-type season. It is, and I'm, I guess I'm just asking because I'm kind of pissed at Curtis for even, you know, getting this thing started again. But because he asked the question yesterday, he's not coming back.
3: No, and also Guys, the ja- the Jackson Arnold redshirting stuff has nothing to do with any of it, in my opinion. Either.
0: Yeah, I think that's the a way that Brent answered that question. D- did that almost feel like? That was We haven't had that conversation Because we don't need To have that conversation Yes I, He knows what he's doing I know what he's doing And that's it
2: I, He already said that he. I mean He said it Way before back in August season. He said yeah. that This, this is his final, final season
1: And I think it was Just one of those deals Where he knew He said that before He didn't want to speak For Dylan Yeah,
2: yeah He doesn't want to come
3: out And be like Yeah he's declaring For the draft Yeah this is, it's like, over
2: for him he, he has two games left Possibly three I would be you know, totally sure shocked If he doesn't go through Senior day activities Next Friday Totally oh, I, shocked. I don't even think it's like a question. Yeah, like I, he is. That's what's going to happen. And I, I, you know, the the Jackson Arnold stuff with him getting redshirted. I don't even know how that's become a thing. I don't either. Like, it,
1: and I think maybe that's what led to people questioning because if Dylan Gilbert well, coming back.
3: Oh, you looks at it. But oh, you looks at it for the Jackson Arnold stuff. Oh, you looks at it as. There was not a situation where they were going to play him. Yeah. It would be productive for his development. Correct. And so they're like, well, why not if, if we don't need to play him, why not just redshirt? Taking
2: Yeah, yeah, sure.
3: There's no harm in it. You have you have There's that zero option. Zero harm
2: in it. It's like the use it or lose it timeout at the end of the first half in college basketball. Yeah. Which I think is gone now. And but. I just
3: don't buy this this whole narrative that he needs to play to prepare for the SEC and I know I brought that up after right. what game was that that I was like should they play Jackson or Bedlam Bedlam uh, but the I was also
2: Bedlam Eskridge Lexus podcast I was
3: also like blacked out but the uh, Jesus the uh, uh, but th- that narrative it doesn't make like I don't buy that a, f- a few extra series this year is all of a sudden going to help them beat LSU on the road taking a couple in Baton Rouge taking
2: a couple snaps to run out the clock in a 39 point win does not prepare you to play in Baton Rouge correct
3: no, it, it doesn't.
0: But I, I am—I am one who believes he should. I—I don't—I don't agree with the logic. Like I think he should have played at some point this year. That—that that end of game. I like—I get that. Like you're not going to burn his red shirt for that. You're saying but, throw
2: him out there in like the thick of things. Yes. Like have have packages clear. ready for. Him. Well, we had talked yes. about how and they yes. did. It just the offense was having trouble at that time.
0: Well, the package was
1: stupid. Yeah, it
2: wasn't. It wasn't. Exactly. It was a
0: criminal misuse.
2: I would be very surprised. Whatever bowl game they go to, I would be incredibly surprised if Jack. I'm not saying he's going to split reps with Dylan. I bet he plays in the bowl game. Yeah. Well, I mean. That'd still burn the shirt, wouldn't it? Yes. No, not in bowl games. Yeah, bowl game. Freshman. No, they don't. Not anymore. Pretty sure they changed
3: it during COVID. And they never went because back. Because remember all the and freshmen? they never changed that, it back? Oh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't because think that
1: they did. There was, I think when they played I Florida, I they thought played it had gone back. some freshman quarterback by the time. I Well, mean, it was well, Amber Jones. Jones. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Josh is Googling it. I'm pretty sure that uh, well, that's, that's exactly what the doing. four games do not count in the bowl game. You can play any freshman. I
3: hope you're right, Eddie, because I just went based off of what you told me that. And so I answered somebody's question that way. When Josh I'm is,
1: pretty sure. When Josh is searching on the internet for something, he looks like a doctor that's trying to figure <laughs> out how to give someone bad news. I, I'm, uh, I'm so ready to get this it, on YouTube. It, it,
0: according last December, it was still in play. That That's the most recent thing I can find that says that was still the way it was. Um, that, that bowls were not going to count toward a red shirt. I'm looking forward
1: to asking Trace Ford. So, Eddie's right. Trace Ford if he's going to Or Eddie come was back. right. Yeah. Yes. I think I might ask Trace this week if he's going to come back.
3: And that's, that's – so, so they, they have a handful of guys that I'm like, you know, Trace – look, I love Trace. I don't know if he's going to make it in the NFL, especially the injury stuff. He'd come back and make some good money in NIL and play a very valuable role on this team. Like at him, I think DeJon Terry, I don't know what he's going to do. He could probably actually make it in the NFL. But, like, I I don't know. He could come back another year. They've got a handful of guys that you could. I mean, I'm so curious in what Farouk is going to do. Because he, he's I, somebody that strikes me as I think it started really la- I think
2: it started last year, the redshirt thing. Okay.
1: And it wasn't just for games that were. I think that. It's I, all bowl Actually, games. that was, like, early signing day thing. Like, I think those came about the same time. Or just directly after it,
2: NCAA will allow players that have competed in at least four games this season to play in fifth or even sixth during the 2022 bowl season while not losing a year of eligibility. Interesting. Purdue waiver that was passed. By the way, I wonder. Uh... I know we're all shocked by good decisions by the NCAA, <laughs> but um, I am interested though in like the Joel Farouk thing. Yeah.
1: Let me throw this out there. Key um,
2: Lawrence has another year, too, doesn't he? He does. He could take the COVID year if he wanted it.
3: He's another guy, though, that I wonder if they're
2: like, hey. Uh, I mean, the way that Payton Robert Bowen Spears Bowen Jennings is playing, I, he was great on Saturday getting his first start. I, I'm
0: telling you guys, that back seven, and if you think like they go sign maybe one, two guys out of the portal, that's got a chance to be a really, really good group we just determining
1: now that uh, every young player that ends up having a bad shoulder early in his career is going to be a player? Gentry Williams is going through that now. Possibly.
3: That's two people.
1: But that's the only two good, really young defensive players we've seen around here in a long time, other than Peyton Bowen.
2: Kip Lewis. Kobe McKenzie. Well, I'm talking about like... Danny Stutzman. I'm talking about DBs. Oh. Well, they, they, they've been pretty, uh, pretty thin on... Really good defensive backs over the last six, seven years. Yes,
1: or they've been good and then they just get terrible.
2: Trey Brown, I guess. I mean, he's making plays for the Seahawks right now. Here's my
3: take: I think Jacoby Johnson's going to start for him next year. Hmm.
2: I think Jacoby Johnson wears a uniform about as well as I've ever seen someone. Yeah, he looks like a stud. I mean,
0: guys, you talk about your two corners or Jacoby and Gentry. You talk about two guys mm-hmm. that look the freaking part. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's about as pretty as that's that's. That's SEC ready. I mean that that is those are SEC corners.
2: Macari Vickers looks good out there. I wonder what how Did bad we hear his any verdict
0: was. how serious his deal was?
3: Yeah, I don't know. Nobody asked Brent for That looked It didn't look
0: good. Oh, there's the wife. Yes, Tiffany Tiffany was lurking. She was concerned that she was gonna end up on video, so she was trying to be uh, to be sneaky. I was like, Well, the guys can see you, but you're fine other than that.
3: Need to get Linda on.
0: Oh, Linda's, Linda's been <laughs> shipped back a long time ago. Linda is... We have Miss Yesenia Josh now, called ice but, on uh, her. You know, I, I caught her looking through some things, you know, going through some Sooner Scoop documents. Seemed uh, like she might have been spying. I don't know. I don't know who she was on the take for. Uh,
1: I had... Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. Just about, you know, with the way things are in the Big 12 right now, Who's losing?
3: Well, do I mean, you, do, you, do you want me to read off truthfully the, or uh, tiebreakers
2: here for OU to get in? Yeah, sure. The Big Twelve. Uh, I did there, the math because there's, there's basically two things that you need to root for:
1: Texas to lose to you Iowa need, State
2: it, teams in orange. You need to root against them. Yes, which OU fans are, you know, they, I'm sure that the OU did. fans will have a hard time doing that. So
3: here's <laughs> a, the, here's the three scenarios that gets OU in. Only one of these things needs to happen: Texas lose to Iowa State. That's one. If that happens, OU's getting in. Now that. They, they, of if course they if out. they win out. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. This is all if OU wins out. Texas loses to Iowa State. The second one, Texas loses, let's say they let's say Texas beats Iowa State. If they, they lose, lose to the Tech. Texas Tech, but they also have to have Iowa State beat Kansas State in that scenario. Hmm. Does it matter what Kansas State does this weekend against Kansas? Yeah, they need to win. What if Texas loses both? Then I believe it's bedlam. And Texas finishes like 6th.
1: Yes. Isn't there, and that would, there's two ways for bedlam to happen then. Is for y- Iowa State to beat K- uh, Kansas State and Texas?
3: Correct. I think. I don't know. I don't have that in front of me. Let me get to the third. The third one is OSU loses any of the last two games, OU Zen. I don't know who they play in each of these scenarios, who? but. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. In yeah. A, BYU. Yeah, yes. he's
2: saying uh, he doesn't know who OU would play in the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, That's just to get it. OU to, to the championship game. I mean, I'd like to tell myself that Iowa State has a chance this weekend. I just don't. I don't know what Texas is going to look like. I that because that game was so weird last week, and it was obviously going on during the OU game. It went from twenty six to six, and all of a sudden we're sitting in the post game, and. TCU's trying to get the ball back to go win the game. Yeah, like the Jonathan Brooks injury, I think is intriguing, but there's also a part of me that goes, "Yeah, I could see CJ Baxter going off for a buck fifty, and it really doesn't matter."
0: It is at Ames, though.
2: Yeah, and it's at night.
0: Yeah,
1: and
2: they're night, playing well. I,
0: I think that's tricky. I would say of the it's scenarios, I would say that's the most that's the most likely chance for Oklahoma to get in. Sure, is for Iowa State to beat Texas because I. I think Oklahoma State will go down and beat the piss out of Houston. Yeah. Um
3: I also I don't think Ali Gordon will
0: be able to play no in that water. game though.
3: I also don't think K-State's going to lose another game. I think K-State's going to win out. You don't think Oh, I you think, think they, they, are. they will. And that's cuz if you if oh, if Texas beats Iowa State this weekend and then OSU beats Houston, then OU's going into last week hoping that not only Texas loses to Tech, but Iowa State beats Kansas State in Manhattan. All, in Manhattan. Yeah. Or that OSU loses at home to BYU. So they're not this weekend you're gonna basically know if OU's getting in or not. I think so. I think it, I think Josh is right. I think it really it comes down to can Iowa
2: State beat Texas?
1: So all that fighting I did on Twitter last night was for not.
2: Yes. Damn it. And Rocco Beck, like, can't throw the ball over. And I I think Texas is probably gonna have their way. Although if they can hold up on the offensive line, I mean, you've been saying all week, though, Eddie, that you thought Iowa State was going to win. You I, literally
3: told me yesterday, you are like, I am going to put, I
2: I might put a lot of money on Iowa State. Well, I am, but Gambling that doesn't, it's illegal, but that doesn't on. mean that I, I think it's actually going to happen. That's well, more for fun. <laughs> that's more for our watching experience Saturday night in Salt Lake City. I am providing entertainment.
0: Guys, what do you think about the news? Quinn Ewers, apparently our guy's inside Texas, reporting that earlier this week, that he's going to be back next I, year.
2: I told George yesterday, am I just an idiot for thinking, yeah, duh? Well, it's because uh, it,
0: some it, mock drafts it, had him really high before the season started. Yeah. I think somebody
2: Me, well, had him it like it's eight.
0: It's duh from his tape, but it's not duh from the fact that everybody in the world expects Arch Manning to be the starting quarterback in 2024, and that's clearly not the plan. Yeah, and I don't know... That, that feels like – I mean, Arch seems like a really level-headed kid for being as young as he is, but there's – you know there's going to be some pressure, whether it's from his family or from people around that program. Texas. If viewers in not lighten it up to start the world. You know, sure. Yeah, it's like what you were talking about earlier with too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, yeah. There are going to be people that want Arch Manning on the field.
2: Well, it's not a problem as long as you're winning football games, right? Like that – Sark can always fall back and say we're ten and one. What I mean, we're nine and one. What do you mean? What we if, need to make a change or whatever. Well, what if
0: and Arch, trans- and they're going to start the year without Jonathan Brooks. Yeah. What if Arch transferred I mean, to A and
1: M? You re- follow us, to A and M. Oh, if Arch
2: Strabbo. transferred to A and M,
1: yeah, they gave him a hundred million dollar nil deal.
2: I mean, it'd be very A and M. I don't think it would mean, I think it would mean very little on the field. Yeah, you I gotta, don't even know. Hot take, and I'm not like Arch QAnon guy. I love Arch. I I still don't know if Arch Manning is like great. I know he's really good. Here's the thing: Texas knows.
3: So you I mean, think they keep him around? No, but I'm de- saying if if he's if Texas thought he was great, wouldn't they be like, okay, Quinn, you can go yeah, to the draft?
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They would have been. True. They definitely would have been like Quinn. You know. It's your time. We think you're going to be drafted high. We've got to move on to Arch.
0: Yeah, I mean if they thought he was special, special, they'd be like, "Hey man, it's it's time."
3: That's not to say they don't think he's really good. Yeah, but
0: yeah, I mean they they may still believe in him, but like guys, we all know like when you when those guys cuz I I like the two that always stick out to me is like the second Adrian Peterson was on campus, they were like Holy hell, this this guy is unbelievable. And the other one was Creed Humphrey. Like I remember people talking about like Creed is like truly special as a center. Well, you're like, well, okay, it's a center,
1: but still. You guys all know this. I mean, we've all been told it. Like, even before fall camp was over, every coach on that staff believed that Jackson Arnold was a dude. Mm -hmm. And and it was very much they won't say it out loud. But they know that he's going to be an upgrade over Dylan Gabriel.
2: Oh, I'd, 100%. I remember the conversations going back into August and even coming out of the spring that if Dylan Gabriel wasn't like a fifth year incumbent, he would have been, they would have gone with Jackson. Mm-hmm. But because of the experience and, and he saved understanding of the offense and all that other stuff,
1: you saved Jeff Levy's ass
2: by coming here. Yeah. Yeah. I think really that, saved
1: everybody's ass. Yeah. Otherwise, you have Davis Bevel and General Booty.
2: It'd be a bad situation. You might have
1: got well. I mean, everybody brings up you probably would have gotten Jackson Dart, which wouldn't have been so bad.
2: Sure. For Spencer Sanders.
1: Yeah. You wanted, if you. Ooh. I mean, you thought Trace Ford was bad. Holy shit! If Spencer Sanders <laughs> had transferred to OU,
2: beat.
0: Can't even fathom what Mike Gundy would have had. To oh, say those about press that.
1: conference every week would have had little digs.
2: So, um, by the, just tell me real quick, what did you think of the basketball team last night? They took care of business. I mean, I, I think that we're going to know more about the basketball team in the coming week or so they go out to that, uh, holiday tournament out in San Diego on Thanksgiving. They play Iowa who got beat last night by Creighton. Creighton's a top 10 team. Uh, USC's out there as well. USC got upset last night by UC Davis. Uh, I think we'll know more though. That's a little bit better competition than what they've played, but for the guys that they have played, the three teams that they've played, they beat the shit out of them. Here's I mean, my question. Back 39 point victory with the basketball team. And
3: I don't I haven't watched a ton of them. Yeah. And we not we're not going to know this till probably Big 12 play. Do they have a guy that can go score? That can go score 20, 20 25. Yeah. Did that little guard, what's his name? I Javian McCollum's JV McCollum. Good. And that's yeah, that's why I really that's why I'm wondering is, yeah. is
2: can he There was a couple times last night and again Texas State, I don't think that they're great but I think they're supposed to compete for the Sun Belt. They had like their two top scorers out last night so the odds were stacked against them. But there was a couple times that like oh you needed a bucket, you know, they had cut it to 13 or 15 or 17 before it ballooned to 40. Uh and he went and like drove to the basket. Yep. And they have guys that I think they the the thing about them is is I don't know if JV McCollum is a guy that can just go drop 25 at night. So it's going to have to be a bunch of different guys chipping in eight here, nine there, yeah, double digit nights.
3: What it's going to come down to is like, can they ha- do? They have a dude that when it's a tight game, last few minutes, and they're playing, yeah. you know, in Manhattan yeah. or Stillwater, can he can go he get, get the bucket? Yeah, can he or go can get he, the bucket?
2: Can they have guys either him or on that can? Distribute the ball well enough yeah. to create that bucket. Because I
3: do think they have more, they definitely have more oh, size, good. athleticism. They're going to be able to, to hang with some people.
2: I, I tweeted it last night. Like this year's team, I've only seen two games because I didn't go Friday night. I was up in Wagner. This team this year would beat last year's team by 30. Like no questions asked.
1: By the way, I, w- I do want to say I it is in the plans, in the work to develop some Bob. Billow basketball content. He is. For sure. He and his family have been ravaged by illness, so he's at home taking care of the wife again today. I think he's finally gotten past. He's he, he's not even. He was no, going to Salt Lake, and he's still. Not now. He's
2: still. Uh, I think he's still under the weather. Man, I've, he has a nasty cough. Yeah, he's not great. The but. thing that I have questions about with basketball is and it kind of runs into the same thing that Grant Shurfield ran into last year. Like, when you start playing the Dewan Harrises of the league that are really good defenders and that are going to get up in you, like, I just don't know, like, physically if he's ready for the Big 12.
1: Yeah. I I haven't gotten that familiar with him yet. I love Jalen Moore, though.
2: Jalen Moore, Rivaldo Suarez, those are guys Jalen Moore
1: is the guy that's had the hamstring issue. Yeah, that's from Georgia Tech. Yeah. Rivaldo Suarez Big is team. from
2: uh, Oregon. Trey darthurs from uh, Southern Utah. It, they're guys that have played quality Division I mm-hmm. basketball. I, and I, Hughley had a, a really good night last night, too.
1: I watched a little bit of uh, Kansas-Kentucky uh, last night. It was a night. great game. It was. And I had this revelation, like, every time you see Bill Self and Rick Pitino, or uh, um, Coach Cal, Calipari, like, you think, man, those are, those are some dirty coaches. Oh, yeah. But now with NIL... You're never gonna look at a coach like we look at those two.
2: I mean, they paid like Hunter Dickinson like seven million dollars to go to Kansas. And How? he's a dude. Yeah. 27 and 21 he's, last night. He's
1: like a—he's like almost like a Chet type.
2: Yeah, but big he's dude. seven, two, and like 150 pounds heavier.
1: Yes, yes, he's a, he, I just meant skill-wise. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's more really like, good. Eddie, right he's now, where would you
2: say OU finishes in the Big 12, if you had to guess? I mean, if they could finish like sixth, I think that'd be an Can incredible we see year. See
1: some teams play first. I mean, come on, six or well, seven. I, I
2: just look. I'm very skeptical. Everybody, it feels like every year
3: they're like, oh, I, I, oh, I you think basketball. Like, well, we
1: got anti basketball from you, and then we got Josh. Don't
3: give. I'm a not anti basketball. I do think they're better. I think that's very I think clear. They they're could,
2: better. They're a better basketball team. I don't know if that's going to reflect in the standings because the Big Twelve is so strong. Exactly, and that's my question.
1: I just need Porter to be, you know, be a little happy.
3: He's happy I I know What is there I, to be happy about though?
1: Oh my God
3: Really? No I mean, arena If you want Porter
1: Is this all just LNC related? It, if you, no, you want I'm Porter
2: just, Moser to be happy Burn down the Lloyd Noble Center yes. He would be yeah. the happiest person <laughs> the I mean Louis. I think you
3: kind of want a pissed off Porter Moser Though, And
1: we've talked about it Eddie But I don't think it will burn
2: That's true I mean, We'd go
1: and do it We would
2: have to implode it
1: Yeah That place isn't burning No
2: Probably not they, uh, I we'll see, though. Like, their non-conference isn't the hardest thing in the entire world. You have Providence, you have Arkansas, North Carolina, and Charlotte.
1: Providence is 3-0, and they just laid it on Wisconsin
2: last night. Or the yeah, I don't night. think Wisconsin's very good. We're going to know. next It was, a, next good, week was, it was a good play, plus one, Providence last night.
3: We're going to know next week. If, if they go beat Iowa, who I'm I'm assuming is just a very, uh, you know, above average. They're... Team. Exactly what you would think Iowa is Exactly Like I mean, th- But Iowa's made the tournament the last few years I'd oh, right.
1: rather watch w- Women's Iowa Than men's uh, Oh women's Caitlin Iowa
2: Caitlin Clark Could probably start With the uh, Iowa men's team As well
1: She's fun to watch
2: She's really good
1: uh, Josh um, We had the recruiting report Earlier this week A lot of positive vibes On uh, Grant Burks uh, Bricks, Bricks. Uh, I don't know why I always get that confused um,
2: Dr. Burks' daughter Or son
1: there you go um, But uh, any any rollouts Or uh, extra information Coming out from the weekend
0: uh, Talking to some more people Kind of over the last 24, 48 hours You just get the impression That there's kind of a I don't know A quiet confidence in Oklahoma They, they feel like they've done What they needed to They got a good impression um, uh, From some of the Kind of behind the scenes Stuff I've gotten It sounds like he left Oklahoma kind of buzzing about OU. Um, but at the same time, it's some of the same stuff we heard about Nebraska. So I don't know if I'm ready to say that there's going to be a verdict. I know there's still talk of maybe he is going to take a trip to Kansas State now and, and do that. I, I'm starting to more and more get this feeling that Grant Bricks is just going to wait until signing day, sign something, and that'll be the end of it. Like, I just – he I, – I don't know if it's more of he can't make a decision, he doesn't want to disappoint anybody – but i know several people that were around him was like he's over it he doesn't want to be doing this anymore but at the same time can't quite seem to to make a final verdict so i don't know what to to make of that i still like where oklahoma is and i still think oklahoma's fairly confident but like i, I have to caveat same came, same caveat every time you don't know with him cuz he's not going to give you the full picture you know whether it's me or ou or anyone else
1: Um, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, it's just Nebraska's still losing. Like, you got to think that that plays into it as well. I mean, they're just so bad. I mean, I thought Rule would at least be close to Bolel. They've
2: had two. They are. They're one game. But they've had two opportunities the last two weeks and have fumbled the bag greatly. You can't get beat by Maryland at home.
0: I don't I Well, go ahead, Josh. No, I mean, and, and you're right. Like, I mean, this... This fumble in Nebraska's season couldn't have come at a better time for Oklahoma, like because it felt like okay, maybe Nebraska's getting a little momentum here, both on the field and with bricks, and then they go and you know lose to Michigan State and Maryland in back-to-back weeks. So, you know, two two teams that are falling apart at the seams yeah. right now. So I, that's
2: that, Michigan that's State not a, was...
0: not a great look.
2: Worse than probably Maryland, I think Maryland is at least respectable.
0: yeah, the Michigan State thing
2: was yes. shocking
0: to me We'll see Maryland knows who their coach is going to be next year. Sure. Michigan State does not so
2: um, I think Michigan yeah, state would I, go like after, I, said, I like where is. you think Michigan State would go after Jimbo? Kind of the same parallels with A&M. a little bit of an insane fan base from what I could tell. they have a ton of money. Michigan State has more mm-hmm. money than they know what to do with, just need the Mel Tucker contract
0: there there's more there there's more resource there than i think a lot of people realize um it's
2: the only school in the country that has four billionaire alumni i
0: did i did not know that i will say you look at it guys outside of michigan and ohio state who's the only other big 10 team that's made a playoff yeah like there's michigan state i mean you you can have success there you can win there
2: it's like magic Um, i think magic's one uh dan gilbert's another the owner of the Cavs, uh, the guy that owns the Suns. Okay. And somebody else. It, maybe it's not four billionaire owners, it's four different owners of sports teams. I think is what okay. it is. And I think uh Jeffrey Laurie is a Michigan State grad, maybe. The Philadelphia Eagles that owner.
1: That might be true. I I did you remember seeing the crazy guy that used to be like an MSNBC anchor? That was pissed off about Paul Feinbaum and what he was saying about Michigan. He was going after ESPN. Oh, is that and all guy real?
2: I thought that was like a just a fake no, fraud a account. Guy. He was he kill himself. Individual.
1: Well, it was funny because he was going through and saying, "I'm no longer." You know, he was making up like he, "I'm no longer supporting Home Depot. I was getting yeah. ready to build a deck, so I'm getting mines at Lowe's." Yeah. And he would tag everyone, and there was one he said. I was getting ready to have a birthday party, and DoorDash was going to deliver $500 of food, but now I'm going with Grubhub. And someone answered, someone replied to him, you idiot, the owner and CEO of Grubhub is a Michigan State guy. That's perfect. <laughs> I don't know, it might have been Postmates oh. or Uber Eats or something,
0: I don't know. So perfect. That's
1: The yeah. Harbaugh thing yeah. is just so... I just don't care. I mean... It was funny, it's kind of like it's kind of like I'm there right now with the big twelve tiebreaker thing. I had fun with it yesterday. I just don't care now that it's settled,
0: yeah, I, guys, you know and you you were talking earlier about you know the how bumbling the conference is that's that's my problem with the whole conspiracy thing. You can't be bumbling and cunning at the same time. that doesn't work together. Those are two opposing ideas. you can't you know. Put the machinery together for a gigantic conspiracy while you can't figure out your own damn playoff or your own damn uh, tiebreaker stipulations or have basic ideas of TV planning and those kind of things. Like, I think Brett Yormark's good, but he's having to deal with a lot of idiocy be- beneath him.
3: Well, he's too busy worrying about the Nelly concert. <laughs> I'm sure today on the, well, the conference mean, call, I agree with somebody on the Crimson corner. Big,
2: I think this is Illuminati coming to full effect. He worked with Jay-Z. We know how he feels about the Illuminati.
3: I could just see the uh, uh, Big 12 meeting today. All the athletic directors are talking about the tiebreaker rules, and Brett just pops in and says, well, what does this have to do with the Nelly concert? Is this effective? the Well, Nelly he concert? said, God he, damn he, it. remember
1: he deferred the Big 12 media days. To Can his, we move the game he's to, like, to Mexico? he's not a football guy. No. He said, you'll have to talk to my football guy. And it was that idiot from K-State that had his own
2: conspiracy theories about why OU and Texas were leaving the league.
3: Yeah. I mean, they have done no favors to themselves in the conspiracy theory world either. Like, they don't. Well,
2: and it also started, like, Brett Yormark, he started all this back when he was talking to the uh, Texas Tech Alumni Association and made the comments about Texas. Like, you just can't do that kind of shit if you're the commissioner of a conference. Yeah. Although it would be an incredible troll if he's really did show up in Austin and was like on the tech sidelines next Friday.
3: There'll be no
2: controversy in the sec. I guarantee it. I mean, can you imagine what would happen this weekend if we look up on Saturday night and Texas has like 12 penalties?
3: That's the thing is Texas hasn't, hasn't they haven't had a game yet. Have they, where it's been like some
2: debated if it was, I mean, if you just read Twitter and stuff during Texas games and you, Look at what! Texas oh, they fans, feel like they're getting. They screwed. feel like yeah, they're yeah. definitely getting screwed.
1: Yeah, I've even seen some Texas fans that replied to me like, "Oh, you think you're getting screwed? You should watch our yeah. games."
2: I think they claim that like they get held, you know, called for hold all the time. It's it's all the usual Same, stuff that yeah. we're used to.
1: By the way, you know why? I, yeah, it, why I don't hate Jim Harbaugh as much? Because I just realized the other day that he's in a really funny Tim Robinson sketch.
2: I don't know who that is.
1: That's the uh you sure about that guy?
3: Sure about that?
2: Yeah. Have you seen the, the no, Jim Harbaugh one? No, I not seen it. I've not I've I've been on record. I appreciate Jim Harbaugh because he's a scumbag and doesn't try to hide it. He knows exactly who he is.
3: Michigan America's team.
2: Yeah, I bet he's buried a body or two in this time. A hundred percent. With his brother? Yes.
1: <laughs> oh god, yes. And Dad,
2: I mean John John Harbaugh basically helped Ray Lewis. Now what happens? <laughs> did he not? Oh would it would God. that have been uh, Marvin Lewis that, that was around have, at that, that
1: time? That would have been uh, Bill. What's his name? Bill. Uh,
2: oh, well, uh, I can see his face.
1: That's on the NFL Network. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I keep wanting to say O'Brien. I know it uh, starts with a B. Yeah, Bill Bri- Barn. Bar- no, Bar- no, it's Barnwell. Brian Billick. Oh, Brian Billick. Brian Billick. Yes.
0: Yeah. He would have
1: been. Now what? What uh, is? Uh, right.
3: What happens if Harbaugh leaves for the NFL? Who go? Who does Sharon Moore just get the Michigan job? No,
1: he can't even stop himself
0: from. I mean, I know he's an OU guy, but he can't even.
1: Stop I think himself he get I think. He, I think they would
3: just. I think they would make him that coach.
0: Oh, I. I think it's incredibly likely he'd be their next head coach. Talking to various people like that. That's, interesting. Well, I I, I that interesting. I think the wheels are almost in place if that happens. Well, good on you, Sharon. He's done a great job, man. He really has. All right. Um,
1: anything else that you want to hit on recruiting before we get out of here, Josh?
0: Uh, just you know, quickly. We 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 talked about leading in last week, Alex Shield Knight and his decision. I know we talked about it in the uh, the recruiting report. And again, if you're not watching those, you know, get onto YouTube slash Sooner Scoop. It, it's not that hard to find. Um, yeah, we can't bring you practice yeah, video.
1: We had someone complaining mm-hmm. that we don't have enough practice <laughs> video. But we can bring you tons of recruiting video, in-game stuff. And the recruiting report is great to bring some context to a lot. Of, really, all all the YouTube stuff that we're doing, it's to kind of bring context to all the interviews that we do. And, uh, you know, I know some people just like sitting and watching raw video of, of interviews, but uh, we're trying to kind of make this in context to where we can break it down for you and show you exactly what makes some of these guys special and um, you see him play in different positions, and it's like we had the the uh, the offensive line guys uh, last week. That uh, it was really good to see that video. So that's but no, you go ahead. You were talking about Shield Night, and-
0: yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, again a good win for Oklahoma. This is a guy that was an early offer from Miguel Chavez and Brent Venables, um, really active. Eddie saw him. You know, he had a had a big night in their first round win over Broken Bow. Um, you know, uh, kind of a one of those interesting guys where, you know, we talk about, oh, this guy fits this position, this guy fits this role. He doesn't have. There's not a guy that you say, okay, that's that's who he'll play like. Probably the only real comp is R. Mason Thomas. That's really the only guy, kind of of that body type that Oklahoma has right now. Um, that's not going to play as a 260 plus DN. I mean, he just he's not that kind of framed guy. But very active, very quick. Um, like I said, on you know, in the recruiting part, great with his hands. That's where he really separates himself to me. Is he is so technically proficient uh, for a high school kid? And, you know, and we we talked about it in the uh, the commitment story I, I wrote um, that was up on Sooner Scoop. You can obviously go back and look for it, um, where he talked about. You know, that's something he really prides himself on. Um, the the defensive line coach at Wagner is a guy that we could just go get content of like we could just watch him coach and he is a hilarious dude we'd have to edit about half the things he says but he is just that old school he's exactly what you think of small town defensive line coach that's really good at what he does but he's worked hard with um with alex and has made him a very good player and now alex i mean like he's talking about it already like i want to go work with miguel chavis and get and be the same kind of player in college as i am in high school he knows there are guys maybe that have more physical tools than he does, but he sees himself as a guy that's just going to outwork other
2: people. I was really impressed with him. And not only because they won and had a running clock in the second half, but because he dominated on both sides of the football too. Like they use him as a tight end H back, whatever you want to call it. And he does a little bit of everything. It's kind of like uh Boganowski that we went and saw up in Kansas a couple weeks ago. Very obviously if not the best player he was one of the best players
0: yeah yeah. Uh, Eddie, George, you guys hitting some uh, some Provo high school games on Friday night really going to catch the talent there in the uh, greater area
2: yeah, we're going to go eat dinner with Mitt Romney and then uh, go to a high school game does OU have any Mormons on their team?
0: doesn't Mitt Romney's nephew
1: play for BYU?
2: he used to, he was the quarterback a couple years ago okay. I don't think
1: he's still there
2: mm-hmm. um, that's a good question
3: I don't know. What was the question? Does you have any Mormons on their team? Oh. Controversial. Would Brent allow that? <laughs> is Brent
0: well, I a mean, Mormon? You wonder about like some of the Bali guys, so. <laughs> that kind of stuff, with all the.
2: I, the Jonah Loalu was talking about that because uh-huh. he's from Utah. I don't think he is, but I know that, yeah, as you said, Josh, there's a. Ton Jonah Loalu's Loulou. from Utah? Well, he's from Hawaii, and there's a bunch of Samoans that end okay. up at BYU, I think. I was name.
3: like, I had no idea he was from Utah. No,
2: he's from Hawaii. Yeah, that's what I I I, knew. I, said, yeah. I said he was from Utah. I meant he knew a bunch of guys that ended up at BYU mm-hmm. or Utah. Or, I mean, we talked about this the other night. It's like driving back late night at, from some of these games, whether it be Kansas or wherever, like all the Pac-12 games that you listen to. I'm so glad that I don't cover any of the Pac-12 schools because I would not be able to pronounce half the rosters.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, you can't pronounce half the rosters now. That's
2: what I'm saying. It's even worse.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's going to do it. Uh, enjoyed it today, guys. Uh, nice to just talk for a little bit. Uh, so I appreciate it. Uh, and, George uh, is
2: picking BYU to win on Saturday, by the way, as we went through all these tiebreakers. Hmm. I am, yep. Definitely.
1: Uh, by the way, don't forget about that uh, dead socksy offer—best offer ever, forty percent off. Uh, and uh, check our check our Twitter or X. Um, we're gonna have a contest to let you guys decide what the U uh, forty sock is gonna look like.
2: Do people refer to Twitter as X? I think losers us- do.
1: Usually, when you credit, so it's becoming like how you credit it now, because. People are. I mean, is it just easier. The to whole say aggregation X? Interg- industry is built on, you know, publishing
3: tweets now.
2: <laughs> just writing three hundred words with a tweet.
3: Yes, that's become journalism. Kerry, uh, what's your whoop saying? How's your sleep doing? I I put my whoop. I'm, I got my whoop. You back. see, I'm
1: charging it. Um, yeah. So it was dead.
3: Are you sleeping well?
1: I slept two and a half hours last night.
3: Jesus, that's terrible.
1: I feel Fantastic. You,
3: your whoop's got to be like, this is not good. You have the sleep
1: patterns of like a high
0: school boy. I swear to God.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm, a, I'm a night owl that does a morning show. I'm
0: a paradox. Not good. Adapt. You have a morning show. Stop being a night owl. Go to sleep. But then I Damn don't it. get to do anything.
3: What does your whoop say? Does it say you need to get more? Like, what's it say for you? Well, what time for you to go to bed? Well, I catch up
1: on the weekends when I can. I mean, unless it's a, a, a morning game, eleven a.m. game, which they always are.
3: Like I went to bed at midnight the other night, and it's like you need to go to bed at eight thirty tomorrow. Right. I'm like, yeah. That's I'm what happens. Not going to bed at eight thirty.
2: Are there real people out there that go to bed at eight thirty?
0: Old people. Tiffany 8 Eight
2: thirty. What does she do for yeah, a late-night Thunder she, game? She, Tiffany McQuestion
0: <laughs> Tiffany McQuistion. Uh Yeah, she uh, she she's an 830 to bed kind of girl. There, there's no doubt. Uh, she is looking at me, nodding her head, and Eddie is the one who has taken exception with you. So uh, Does she not watch yeah, Thunder she, games she, she on goes, the West Coast? Oh, good Lord. Speaking Eddie, which, she couldn't tell you one player on the Thunder roster anymore. They're yeah, gonna,
2: she could. One player, they're going to win nope, it all.
0: Nope. Couldn't name one.
2: Not even a Josh Giddy?
0: No. Lord, no.
2: Damn. Damn it. Now there are two whoops. Yep. I don't know which one is mine. All right.
1: Okay. Oh, that's going to do it. That is.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. We'll be back again uh, after the. Uh, the uh, is just going haywire all of a sudden we'll be back after the BYU game with the Escorts Lexus postgame podcast uh and we'll be back again next week don't forget we also have the game day preview coming up uh, Max Olson I believe is our guest yeah. this week
2: yeah really looking look forward, forward to kind to of yeah. talking about the landscape of the big 12 this week yeah that's gonna be cool so uh
1: anyway thanks for listening we'll see you guys back here next week for the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com.